Gabby, we're going to move on to um, the Justice Committee, the Guard, the Commissioner, saying that uh, the Guard, that you don't have the requisite technology to work quickly through crime footage. She talked about the hours that, of footage that were generated in the recent riots in Dublin and also 50,000 hours of footage that might be needed in the case of a murder case, looking at CCTV, etc. Uh, what's the justification that's been advanced for the Guard needing the artificial intelligence facial recognition technology uh, as an aid to investigations. Yes, so the Justice Committee today was having a look at, um, you know, not just body cam technology, but, you know, facial recognition technology, which has caused a lot of, uh, I suppose, controversy um, amongst amongst government and other civil rights groups. Um, The Garda Commissioner, Drew Harris, he's saying that the manual processing of images is unfeasible and ineffective. And that's very much so the reasoning that he's giving for this need for FRT which we, we have seen a pushback um, not just in government but in other groups as well you know but if you look at the figures so he's saying that there's more than 22,000 hours um, from the Dublin riots of footage that has been collected um, he's also saying there's been a very recent example of an investigation into child sexual abuse where one phone just over a two month period gathered some 650,000 images and he's saying that you know in modern times digital evidence must be processed using digital tools. It's very difficult to have the manpower, the Garda hours to sit and thumb through every single frame um, to try and, and help solve those those serious crimes. Um, it, it was quite an interesting meeting and I think you know, hearing some of these debates that we've had um, fleshed out across newspapers and the media I think finally come to the houses um, of the Oireachtas and very much so this push for FRT which we know that um, the Green Party was against it being brought in through amendments to body cam legislation and now the, it will be brought in um, as an individual piece of legislation. All right. Eileen Flynn, this is an issue over uh, about which you've raised <coughs> consistent concerns uh, in the Shannon. You've tabled a number of amendments yourself and indeed uh, your colleague in the Shannon, uh, Senator Lynn Ruan. When the Garda Commissioner talks about that many, I suppose, advantages to having facial recognition technology in terms of saving Garda the time, what are your concerns about this? Are they outweighed by the arguments he makes at all? There's uh, there's no evidence to show uh, that facial recognition works in uh, in 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 the UK. Uh, there's only uh, on, on, only two percent uh, goes uh, through evidence um, from uh, facial recognition. And for me, I'm very worried for people from minority groups, and we see that in America as well, where. Uh, Black men are targeted in uh, uh, through uh, facial recognition, and uh, like myself and Lynn brought amendments forward with the civil engagement group around when does the person get a say if the body cam is turned on or turned off? Like, I'm a member of the Traveller community and I, I am very aware that, um, you know, and I'm from an ethnic minority group and we're talking about the rides, like, bringing in a good hate crime legislation that will stop hatred towards minority groups. So just on your on your first argument, though, the, just you might outline it, what, the experience then you've seen of minorities in the States who have had a traditionally a difficult relationship with policing, you fear that the same might might happen to minorities, specifically the traveller community here or indeed, I think you've raised in a couple of amendments, young working class men in communities. A hundred percent. We've seen it even at a, a European level how travellers has been uh, targeted by, uh, by by the guards and in some cases, and I know this is very strong to say, like I've seen members of the traveller community being uh, targeted by guards. I've seen young people in the likes of Bally Farmers that's been stopped 
and searched and you know just target I think easily target and that's not a way to um, to uh, police uh, to uh, to police the community you know it's building up those relationships investing in in, in community organisations right. investing in community garden uh, uh, community guards investing in getting the guards involved just, in the just community. on that specific point let, let, let me go to James Lawless on this because uh, there's there's a, a concern being raised there um, James Lawless by, by Eileen Flynn about you know, vulnerable minorities. I think back in, in 2020, there was a report done by the Garda's own Inspector David McInerney to evaluate ethnic liaison officers. And there were findings of widespread prejudice, uh, particularly against travellers found in his research. Would you share any of Eileen Flynn's concerns that she raises there? I share many concerns. And I know that uh, it was mentioned at the start of the piece that the Green Party had uh, concerns about this. They weren't the only ones. Um, I also, as chair of the Justice Committee, expressed concerns. Minister Simon Harris was in the department at the time and I met with him uh, directly on this uh, to suggest that it wasn't a good idea to shoehorn this into the body cam legislation. But to give credit to government, they listened, they took that feedback on board and they've come back around now with a separate bill and we are doing the right thing by having a a comprehensive review of that. We had a mammoth session today, started at four o'clock this afternoon, finished up about half eight uh, with ten different witnesses uh, on the topic. There is, uh, of course, there's a huge issue um, around uh, potential bias in the system. What's your concerns? What allayed them? Yeah. Well, <laughs> they're not allayed yet, uh, Cormac. Um, let, let's uh, let's get to the end of this um, process, and we'll issue a report, and that will go out. But um, I don't. To, um, I, I'm not. I'm not. You know, the, let, we heard the witnesses today, and we had uh, lots of good uh, testimony. Like the the issue around racial bias and, and ethnic minority is a well-known one and, and, and that's a feature of these systems internationally. One of the things that the Gardaí said and the Commissioner Harris was in the committee today was that the technologies advanced. So I would have looked before to a MET survey that was done around 2017-2018 <coughs> which had a very high um, inaccuracy rate and that's a real concern. Um, but you, they said uh, When the you say inaccuracy rate do you mean they're looking for a particular suspect in a crowd and the wrong person is identified as being that suspect? Is that is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, are scanning for a crowd and getting getting the wrong people are not failing to get the person that they are looking for, mis- missing the suspect in a crowd or, or identifying the wrong person. Neither of those situations is good. Um, but the commissioner said, and, and his technical team that were with him today, what they said was, look, this technology is advanced. The algorithms that are used today, technology moves very quickly, as we know. Even five years makes a huge difference in this stuff. They cited a rate of 99% accuracy. Now, there was some to and fro on that within the committee amongst members and amongst the witnesses. Is that really right? How do you calculate that figure? Um, but it's one of the key points for me that I took from today was this is not a computer says guilty or a computer says arrest. This is a case that the computer <coughs> would be used to assist the evidence gathering but it will come back before a human, be that the investigating officer, be it the sergeant, be it whoever else. So it, it's a tool to assist in the review of, of footage as opposed to a tool to make a decision and that's the key differentiator here. Right. Well, would, you be, would you be satisfied that the, the integrity of the algorithm wouldn't be questioned in a court of law? Why is some evidence being left to one side by a particular al- algorithm and why is other evidence being left, would there still be an expectation of human eyes combing through things so that, in effect, all reasonable doubt was being overcome uh, about the evidence? Yes. So, so I, I would fully expect uh, the technology to be scrutinised in every, you know, in many, many courts. And I suppose as a lawyer, that's what people are supposed to do uh, when they're in a, in a, in a criminal defence. I, I made the comparison myself today in the committee of things like the speedometers, you know, the speed vans on the side of the road, uh, the breathalysers. And every time the, the system has embraced new technology, there's right, rightly and correctly been an analysis and scrutiny of that. And those devices and technologies have been tested in the courts. But pretty much soon after being introduced, 
just um, th- there is a sort of levelling out um, and, and technology matures and there's a comfort and, and I suppose confidence in it that, that maybe wasn't all there when it was first introduced. Right. The other the point I'd make is very briefly is that you don't actually, and I asked the witnesses this, Technically speaking, the commissioner could have just introduced this without actually legislating for it. it actually, there's nothing in the law that says this is illegal at the moment. And I asked this question, and I suppose what some of the witnesses said, I think we have an opportunity in this jurisdiction to be a best in class, to be an example of how to do this right. If we can put in place a legislative framework that governs the use of this technology, we will actually be setting the standard for other states to follow if we can get that. And that's what the committee is doing right now. We're grasp- wrestling with this, trying to get it right. What is the right framework? What are the right checks and balances? Okay. Right. And I think, I, think we, I think we'll get there. One country that this technology is working in. Could you name that? Could you name that country? Could you name I, one country that this technology is working in? Yeah. So I, then I'm not here as an advocate for the technology. I'm here as a chair of the committee who's reviewing the technology right now. But to answer your question, I asked a question today in the committee of all the witnesses: Can they name a single wrong conviction arising from this technology? And they couldn't. And um, what I was pointed to uh, was five uh, persons in the United States that were arrested on photo, on photo of what might have been incorrect um, facial recognition technology. The United States is a big country. I think it's about 300 million people. So if we do do the stats, five persons out of 300 million is not, you know, it's a, it's less than a percentage of a percent. Uh, I'm not right. trivialising that for a the, second. We need to get yeah, it right. Th- those five people m- might disagree with Even you. Pa, 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 I just want to go to Pa Daly. I'll you know, come back to you in a moment. Pa Daly, you've, you are... Um, this is something you've obviously been looking at yourself, but would you have any particular concerns about this or broadly speaking, do you support the introduction of facial recognition technology? Well, what, what I, I suppose with the, the reality of gangland crime now is that there's very little um, confessions. Um, there's DNA evidence is actually decreasing as well. And most of the major murders and gangland crimes is based on digital and forensic evidence, CCTV, phone evidence, uh, evidence of searches and even uh, evidence about decomposition of bodies and how long it takes. It's all gone very technical. And it is true. And, and the commissioner referenced the particular murder case in his opening statement uh, which was provided to us and there was a guard there who probably went through a lorry load of CCTV and it probably took him 12 months to do that. So I think that it's only right that 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 type of uh, investigation should be sped up because there is a balance between uh, the rights of the victims of murders and, and that uh, and also the, the human rights side of things. Now, there is a, the one thing that came loud and clear from the report uh, or from the meeting today was that it was highly important that we have this discussion because the government tried to tag it on and uh, the, the minister tried to tag it on at the end of a bill last year. That didn't work. This was on the, the body-worn cameras legislation. Yeah, and, yeah. and they, were, they were going to introduce it. We didn't know when it was going to be introduced or what was going to be done, but they did uh, uh, an about turn on that. But there are a number of things which would be very important to introduce. I feel that there should be some judicial oversight in relation to the, the proposal in the heads of the bill here. Uh, it can be signed off as a guard the superintendent at the moment, a, a, is it? In the current a, bill. They, they're proposing a chief superintendent. Uh, however, I believe that it, should, it would be much better coming from a senior guard who's involved in the case, goes before a district judge who is able to weigh up the evidence. I think there should be oversight from a, an independent body, a pilot project before it is introduced. At, uh, after 12 months, it should be decided how, how well is it working. Um, so the safeguards have to, even the commissioner in fairness to him, 
did say that uh, th- there must be safeguards in place but it's a question of what the safeguards are going to be th- there isn't enough there at the moment I did notice that the Department of Justice officials were scribbling furiously when uh, th- certain points were being made inside in the chamber hopefully they will come back with a better bill that can be put before uh, the Oireachtas and we will no doubt we will have amendments in relation to it I think Eileen makes a very good point uh, about the lack of community guards it's kind of a broader issue about the uh, certain community ethnic communities and parts of Dublin as well who feel uh, that, that they are uh, isolated and they're not supported by Angarshigan. That is certainly an issue and there, but there has to be more investment in those communities, in youth services in particular and the RTDs in right. West Dublin are very, very strong on that. I, I just want to go back to Eileen. Is, is there any form of oversight that would reassure you, Eileen, or are you more uh, just concerned about how effective this this technology is? Is it the technology itself, really, that no amount of oversight would put your mind at rest? I We had a briefing in the AV room uh, a few months ago around uh, this bill with uh, big technology companies, and they wouldn't even support uh, the facial uh, recognition uh, for, for, for the Gardaí because they, they believe it doesn't work. And again, the evidence shows that it does target people from minority groups and I know um, James might say five that's five that we know of he's you just know. actually he's, he's had to pop, um, pop away and do a brief bit of business just, on topical issues uh, in the Dáil uh, he, he'll be back to us and we to might say, get his Carmack, response then many communities and I know again I'm speaking as someone who happens to be a member of the Traveller community and some people may many communities are over policed within Irish society and some of those communities are the Traveller community I've had my door in Labbury kicked in by the guards <coughs> when I was only a child and no, I've bet no other politician has had similar experience that because I lived in a Halton site, you know, and now I'm I'm fair for people that do live in Halton sites and I know that criminality happens everywhere, including within the traveller community. This is not my case and I'm not anti guard. I want to keep everybody safe, you know, where the the person that's uh, that's been questioned by the guard or the home that the guardie is going into, that the person has a has a right to say that the camera goes on or goes off. Do you know? How do how do um, guards go through those twenty two thousand hours of footage? And just on the point of t- the camera, because the guards obviously can, it's up to them to make the, the call. When do I turn the camera off? Yes. So obviously, if the person, the civilian in front of them, is doing something bad, and they say no, don't turn it on, like the guard obviously can't listen to them. No, but the, but in this bill, there's no protection for, as you said, the civilian. Mm. There's no uh, there's no protection at all uh, for them. Have like if a guard. You, you might just explain the amendments you wanted to table just very briefly. If you if 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 you would explain the amendments you wanted to put down that 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 uh, gave people at least the ability to request that a camera be turned on or, or find out so you if, say if, if, the, if the camera was running. So say at six o'clock in the morning you get a knock at your door and it happens to be the Gardaí that you get to answer your door and say can you please turn off the body cam we're in pyjamas or you know this is our private home like as well we may be members of the traveller community or working class people but like again we have a right to, to privacy but and what that if did. you have like guns or drugs or maybe there's children that you're like maybe there's evidence there that's going to be key um, but in, in prosecuting you no, it wouldn't be prosecuting me personally. No, no, not you, but, but like you as I'm, in whoever. I'm, the same know. way they're doing it now, taking photos of it, bringing the evidence mm. with them, uh, 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 confiscating or whatever it may be. But again, it's the 
person's privacy. Like, there's this big hullabaloo in Ireland about the hate crime legislation. To me, this is uh, invading people's privacy. This is uh, stopping uh, free speech uh, for, for, for people, more so than the hate crime legislation. And I can't get my well, head what's, around... What's the difference, as you would see it, between somebody coming in and taking photographs in a home or, you know, taking notes, recording interviews and that, and, and a body cam? It's more intimidating, okay. Cormac. Right. It's more intimidating, and especially, again, for a person who say is already on the margins of society that don't really know the ins and outs of the law you know how are you going to speak up and I get what you're saying they, but you're not using them now and it's working instead of putting people's private life uh, um, and people not having a say that's just or my one, opinion of it yeah, yeah one thing that has to be uh, that's coming from the, the committee today is that there must be clarity as to how the, this whole issue is going to work out uh, there's the codes of practice for example that was mentioned today it doesn't look like there's going to be any uh, uh, site of the code of practice and that should really be included uh, in the bill we um, went to the Phoenix Park uh, before Christmas and we got a, a quite a good briefing from Mr O'Sullivan who was uh, Andrew O'Sullivan who was at the committee today and th- these technologies are evolving all the time and there is a big difference between the data which let's say was provided in the last six months and data that's going back over 20 years and it is true um, that you know if you are a a woman of African origin that there is a larger margin of error than a white Caucasian male but the the technologies is evolving so much that you know, once uh, it, whatever is proposed to be put inserted into the bill or whatever technologies are going to be used, there should be an independent uh, oversight of what exactly that technology is because the margins right. of error, it seems, have decreased so much that you're down into the one percentile. But it's not for me to say that because sure, that, that, that has to be tested I, at I, a later I, stage. I, and I, there's also, if I can make one more point, uh, when it was proposed by uh, last summer to, be, to add it on to the body cam legislation, uh, it was suggested that it was only going to be for child abduction and murder cases. Mm. Now there is a larger sheet of offences and a lot of them don't seem to make sense. Obviously, because of what happened yeah, on a, November 23rd. Wants to see it. It's a page, page 15 of the bill there. It's uh, abduction, aggravated sexual assault, aggravated burglary, um, homicide, rape, riot and violent disorder, robbery and child sexual abuse. And there's a list of the legislation. Yeah, so, so it includes murder and manslaughter, but not attempted murder. There was a big hullabaloo last year about uh, increasing the penalties for serious assault, assault causing harm to 10 years. That's not included, but assault causing serious harm is included. Sexual assault is not included. So it seems that they're just tacking this on, you know, as as they go along. And there, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason towards it, except that the riots happened. So you okay. have to include all of those. And so I actually think they're using the riots as a as a, an excuse to get this piece of legislation over the, over the line. And I think what we should be doing, as I've said earlier, is investing in youth services, investing in uh, in local communities, because... Well, we are we are going to come back to this topic. We just, we're going to divert for a short while because uh, James Lawless has just had to leave us for a short while but he is chair of the Justice Committee so we do want to get a bit of an input on him uh, from him we're going to have a look at uh, events in the Middle East after this short break The Late Debate with Colm O'Mungan on RTE Radio 1 I just want to go back to you very briefly James Lawless because you, you did have, have business to attend in the doll mm. on the issue of the uh, the facial recognition technology how much do you think there is to go before the uh, the level of scrutiny would uh, would satisfy members of the committee uh, that 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 there was a safe way, if there is a safe way to proceed. 
Yeah, so look, I, I think we have to get this right. I mean, it's not a case of giving it a rubber stamp and out the door. Um, this is sophisticated technology, which could be very useful. Let's be honest, it could be very useful in, in the detection of crime and things like the Dublin riots and trying to review hours and hours of CCTV or indeed murder cases or child abduction or, or child pornography. There's lots of use cases where this could have a use. What we do not want to see is an ongoing real-time surveillance of citizens. That is an absolute no-no in my book. Um, and to be fair, I don't think that's being proposed. One of the things that I think passed yesterday, and I've suggested as well, and I think it's a good idea, um, is a review by, by a judge. So there's a judicial review whether that's on an annual basis, whether that's uh, as a sort of ombudsman uh, on the use of this technology, um, it remains to be, I suppose that's what we'll be looking at when we, when we put okay. pen to paper in our report. But look, I think there's, there's, a, there's benefits to this technology, but like all technology, it has to be done right. Okay, 